I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's How Do We Fix It with Richard and Jim. Closing the gender gap in money and life. Sally Krawcheck. You know, it's interesting because people often talk about empowering women. We don't need to be empowered. We have power. We're just not using it fully yet. Do you need to act more like men or not? Gosh, no. Gosh, no. Gosh, no. I tell you, diversity, the power of diversity is diversity. The power of diversity is not bringing a bunch of women or people of difference together and having them act like middle-aged white guys. This is the one that just cracks me up. The symbol of the industry and the symbol of the business I used to run is a bull. It's a phallic symbol. <laughs> so in every way, we've told women, this is not for you. And we have myths that, you know, would be just as comfortable in 1958, you know, as they are today. And we don't challenge them. Our show is about fixes. Yeah, how to make the world a better place. How, how do, do we, we fix, fix it? it? How do we fix it? So what's changed since the election of Donald Trump for the issues we care about? I think in the coming months, we're going to be talking a lot about this question in many different ways. Today, we're discussing feminism, the gender gap, and opportunities for women with Sally Krawcheck. For years, Sally has been a leading voice on Wall Street, has had top positions at Citigroup and Bank of America, and is now the founder and CEO of Elevest, the online investment advice site for women. She's the author of the forthcoming book, Own It, The Power of Women at Work. So, Sally, we want to begin with a video you posted uh, just recently on Business Insider. Yeah, provocative video. And you like to take provocative positions. I think this one will get people's attention, why the Trump presidency could be good for feminists. I know. I know. I I think that is not common belief. Uh, But it could be. You know, it's on the table now. It's on the table. The Billy Bush conversations that were taking place, you know, this summer we had an op-ed in the New York Times about the bro conversations on Wall Street. I got to tell you the truth. I I didn't think every word behind closed doors were pristine, but that those kind of conversations were still going on. I hate it, but better to know it. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I'm starting to hear from women is with this election – geez, I sort of thought progress was inevitable. It would be maybe not a straight line, but that once we gained some ground, we would keep it, that progress would occur, and we didn't break that that glass ceiling. So what we've done to date 
might not, is not, will not be enough. So what can we do to redouble, retriple our efforts to get there? So I think it's a really important wake-up call for feminists. Does it remind you that women have to be better than men to achieve the same level of uh, advancement? Remind me. I don't. I don't know that I needed to be needed to be well, reminded. So well, so it's not. Let's not talk my opinion, right? There's there's research that shows that the decks are stacked against women. Here's one that women are generally viewed in the workplace as being either too hard or too soft. I remember one review I got when I worked on Wall Street where they just gave me the comments. And one comment, she's too aggressive. The very next, she's not aggressive enough. So it's the double bind. Another thing that the research indicates is that when women are viewed to be looking for power or attention, they drive a sense of moral outrage and disgust amongst men and women. There's a very thin line that women have to operate on, and to look for power can actually hurt us. And the final one, men who are successful tend to be viewed as likable, and women who are successful tend to be viewed as bitchy. Am I allowed to say that on this podcast? (laughs) We can say whatever we want. So, and all of these are these innate, inherent gender biases where we want women to be nurturing and motherly and kind. We were brought up that way. Right, right. You wrote a piece a while back about whether being a woman helped or hurt your career on Wall Street, and you had a really interesting answer. Yes, the answer was yes. (laughs) And I can clearly point to, wow, you know, boo-hoo, this was bad. But... There were also points at which being different, having a different perspective, when I was a research analyst, not thinking about things the way all the guys did, was actually tremendously useful. When standing out was tremendously useful. I got my big break when I was on the cover of Fortune magazine, and I've always laughed that if I was another bald white guy, would I really have been on the cover of Fortune magazine? Having that difference was notable. Um, And so sometimes the glare of the spotlight hurt, but there were times when it helped as well. And there were times in which it hurt and really hurt when I was a sole voice at City advocating for returning client funds. Um, Now, did I advocate for that just because I'm a woman? Well, maybe not. But the research would indicate that client focus, long-term focus, the things that drove that advocacy – um, are feminine characteristics. And I was the only one on Wall Street who, who did that. Yeah, let's let's walk that back. Yeah. This is the 2008 financial yep. crisis. A lot of products that were marketed as safe lost a ton of money. And most companies and most executives on Wall Street went, tough. Right. You didn't read the fine print. Right. We said it would probably be safe, but maybe it wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And your view was different. It was killing me because the big print was – This is a relatively safe investment. People were putting money they expected to be relatively safe into this. And I found no evildoers. I found nobody who was trying to pull some trick over the little guy. We just made a stupid mistake. I went to my boss, said, I know this is unorthodox, but we're going to hurt our business. We've done wrong. We need to really look at our ethics. We need to take a financial hit and partially reimburse our clients. Why? Because long-term is more important than short-term? Because, we, because we're people. Because we're people. And we made a mistake. And we're doing business with people. And so how can you make a mistake like that and be a multi-billion dollar company 
and tell the little guy, too bad, you should have read the fine print. Now, I know there's a different point of view on this. I totally get that. My point, though, is that I was the only one who had that point of view. I was the only one who managed to lose my job but get clients reimbursed. And so my view on the power of diversity is whether I was right or wrong. Don't you wish there had been more arguments like that on Wall Street, not less? More diversity, not less? Yeah, make that argument more fully about the need for diversity, not just on Wall Street, but in companies, in politics, in any group decision. The research is clear. In fact, if I said to you, hey, I have a characteristic that will lead companies to have higher returns on equity, lower risk, greater client focus, greater employee engagement, lower volatility, greater innovation, that in startups will not have somewhat better returns, but 63% better returns, that is so powerful that this one characteristic um, will cause this management team to outperform smarter teams, would you invest behind it in a minute? That characteristic is diversity, and in this case, gender diversity. By having the same people who agree with each other, and they think they're arguing something out. I call it the false comfort of agreement. So diversity, in this case, gender diversity. Of course, it's not just gender diversity. No, I was going to say diversity of every kind. It's it's class. It's geography. It's It's other things. Education. It's optimism, pessimism. It's experience, skin color. It's nationality. It's everything. But here's the scary part. Diversity on Wall Street has actually gone backwards since the crisis. This potential solution of bringing people of difference to question, probe, etc. has not happened. Quite the opposite. Why is that? I don't think it's unusual. If you look at industries that have gone through crises, they tend to circle the wagons. Look at what happened to me. Mm-hmm. When I was advocating to return client funds, I was told to sit down and shut up. And to be empathetic to the Wall Street executives for a minute, we're in a big crisis. We cannot afford to have this difference of opinion. And so they tend to then put people in jobs who look exactly like themselves. It is not unusual. Let's go from Wall Street to Main Street. Because you say that the number of women-owned businesses is growing much faster than men-owned businesses. So what's going on? Well, I think a couple of things. The cost of starting businesses have come down so much. Technology, rent. All of a sudden, you have co-working spaces. Business travel, you have, vi- you have video conferences. Full-time people, you can hire freelancers. And so what I'm seeing amongst women are, boy, I have a dream I want to pursue. Or, boy, I'm sick of working at that big company that doesn't appreciate me. And where five years ago, 10 years ago, two years ago, my only real choice was to stay there, go to another similar company, or go home. Now, all of a sudden, I have the option of starting my own business in a way I didn't X number of years ago. Do you think sometimes it helps to be a woman as opposed to being a man? Because our national narrative is so often about victims. So tell us success stories or tell us examples about where it helps to be a woman rather than otherwise. Let's back up. I don't think women are feeling like victims. I think women are feeling more powerful than we have before. I don't know that we fully recognize how much power we've got. Five trillion dollars of investable assets we control. Another six trillion with our spouses and partners. 
we're going to inherit 70% of the $40 trillion of wealth transfer over the next few decades. We are 80-plus percent of consumer spending we make decisions on. We're more than half the workforce. We live longer than guys do. We're starting these businesses. We're 60% of college graduates. You know, it's interesting because people often talk about empowering women. We don't need to be empowered. We have power. We're just not using it fully yet. You talk about that there's a gender gap in the financial world. It's not the income gap that a lot of people focus on. It's something else. There is a gender investing gap. So women have got these resources. However, we are still not as wealthy as men are. Some of that is because we take more career breaks. Some of that is because you mentioned the gender pay gap, which continues to exist. One we haven't talked about is the gender investing gap. Women do not invest to the same extent that men do. It costs women tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, some women millions of dollars over the course of their lives. It's life-changing. Now, let's circle back to what we were talking about before. Do you think it's a coincidence the investing industry, the companies I ran, 86% male, male. At at what level? At At the financial advisor level. Do a much better job with men than with women. The businesses I ran, if the financial advisor didn't change jobs, if the financial advisor or the client didn't die, the financial advisor lost his male client at a rate of about 2% a year. In the year after her husband's death, the woman leaves that same financial advisor at a rate of close to 80%. I used to say 70, but there's new research that says 80%. What does she say at that time? She says, he was my husband's financial advisor. He never understood my needs. He never talked to me. He talked jargon. I didn't get it. In addition, the messages she gets about investing, it's a man's world. You know, I get these messages. um, You talk to me in jargon. Guys will invest through jargon. Women won't. Women go home and really try to understand the jargon. We love to get our A's. The one that kills me, (laughs) we do. You know it. You know it, right? right? You ask me what my risk tolerance is. Men will answer the question. Women will go home and study it and try to really figure it out and then don't come back, right? Don't come back. And then the other one, this is the one that just cracks me up. The symbol of the industry and the symbol of the business I used to run is a bull. It's a phallic symbol. (laughs) So in every way, we've told women, this is not for you. And we have myths that, you know, would be just as comfortable in 1958. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Now, as they are today, and we don't challenge them. We're a solution show. Right. So let's take what you've said and, and, and go down the list. Yep. What should first... Most obviously, what should women take away from this? Well, I tell you, in the aftermath of the Trump election, um, what I'm hearing from so many women is we we got to do this ourselves. You know, you think about how lean in ignited women. Personal responsibility. The, the, Here's the what, Sheryl Sandberg. The Sheryl Sandberg book. Yeah. Here's what I can do. Think about the next phase. Lean in together. Really well meaning. This is what guys can do to help us. Which one took off? lean in. Which one have you not heard about again? Lean in together. We need to take responsibility and control for this. I'm biased on this or maybe not biased on this. Do you need to act more like men or not? Gosh, no. Gosh, no. Gosh, no. I tell you, diversity, the power of diversity is diversity. The power of diversity is not bringing a bunch of women or people of difference together and having them act like middle-aged white guys. So it's us being ourselves, leaning into those qualities that make us great, um, but taking some extra steps, right, at work. Is it mentoring another woman? Is it sponsoring another woman? Is it speaking up for another woman? What can we do incrementally tomorrow that we didn't do today? My personal goal in life is to close the gender investing gap. Women will not be equal with men until women are financially equal with men. We all know this. We know this in our core. Today, when men and women are divorced, a man's standard of living goes up and a woman's standard of living goes down. If you, I I talk about this as the best career advice women aren't getting, having more money, investing to give yourself the opportunity to earn a return for more money. Remember I said the gender investing gap can cost women hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's the money where if you don't have it, you can't leave the bad relationship and you can't tell your boss to take this job and shove it. So to my mind, the solutions, women redoubling on the mentoring, networking, helping other women and for themselves, getting themselves in financial control and investing. You have a lot of interesting advice for, uh, for women, especially younger women in the workplace. And you've noticed some things that I've noticed over my career. You warn women that business isn't school. Yeah. What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, we love So we're so good at school. We do so much better than the guys do at school. We, here's their assignment. We turn in the assignment. We get the A. You know, we're not late. We fill in the multiple choice, we get the A. We do what we are told and we excel. Well, then you get into the business world. Keeping your head down, getting the A is not always enough. It is at some companies, but at other companies, you know, it's networking. It's knowing the folks two departments over so that you know the new job is open. It doesn't all have to be schmoozing. And it's also understanding as a younger person, you bring a lot to the table. We think about mentoring as such a one-way street. But what does every more mature individual want today? 
to understand millennials. Hey, what is going on with that Pinterest thing? Right. Right? You can bring a lot to the table and offering up your expertise to more mature individuals to have a back-and-forth relationship. That kind of networking is tremendously useful, and women don't do it as much as men do early on. And there's another thing that women don't do that you mentioned is it's part of that keeping your head down and getting the A. Yeah. They, don't, they don't run around with their term paper with the A on it, <laughs> making sure everybody knows they got the A. Right. They, they, there's, it's a stereotype, but I think there's some truth to it, that they tend to be more modest about their accomplishments. Well, and, and here's the challenge with it. If we circle back to earlier, research shows that if women are seen to be looking for attention or power, there can be a backlash. And so I found in the course of my career, I had to thread the needle. And it was, you know, talking about how the team did. Lo, congratulations to the team. And to me, too, because I led the team, right? Mm -hmm. You know, sort of pretending to deflect, but therefore demonstrating that you were part of that winning group, making absolutely sure, and I did this as a research analyst, what are the quantifiable metrics, boss, by which we will judge my success? So getting very clear early on, this is what success looks like, and then taking credit for that success in a way that's not seen as too obnoxious or or crowing, which, again, not fair because the guys get to do it, but for the time being, life is what it is. Another solution, what should men do? The laundry. (laughs) So one of the smartest things I did early on is when I went back to work after my son was born, I convinced my husband that when he woke up in the middle of the night and screamed mommy, he meant parent of either gender. And that, in fact, whenever Gary would go, we'd take turns. Tuesday night was mine, and if I had to wake up six times, I had to wake up six times. Wednesday night was his. If it was just once, he got lucky. We took the weekends. I got to sleep in on Saturday. He got to sleep in on Sunday. And so having that greater balance at home, greater balance at home, uh, was helpful. Having a real partner in life was helpful. Companies? If, look, if the CEO and the senior leadership is not committed to diversity in their companies, it will not happen. That's all there is to it. It's hard enough when they are because so much of it gets lost through middle management. The well-meaning middle manager who just gee whiz, weird how all the candidates who really are great for the job just look like him, Right. How isn't it interesting how that one reminds him so darn much of himself when he was a younger man? It's hard to get it through by just the words. Um, and, and so what I would say is if, you're not, if you don't have metrics in place, if you don't believe it's important, if you're not talking about it at the town hall as a CEO, it's hard enough already, and it's impossible to get through otherwise. Do you think that Donald Trump will fail if he doesn't act – more proactively to include women in his decision-making team and to, and to change his alpha male approach? I think he will sub-optimize. If you're not bringing in the full range of perspectives, men, women, conservative, liberal, southern, northern, eastern, western, you name it, um, then you're, uh, you're making decisions on incomplete information, and there is no way that can um, fully take into account 
everything and therefore be the best decision, in my opinion. You know, it's so funny because we saw that on on the Clinton side as well in this campaign. I, I saw somewhere that, that the campaign had designated someone in, from, in Brooklyn to be in charge of their outreach to rural areas, you know, somebody in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, that didn't work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, a, a homogenous worldview of people who were very convinced that you know, their market wasn't going to crash. And um, they could have used more diversity. It's it's just too easy today with social media to get yourself into a very comfortable bubble in mm-hmm. which you and everyone agree. I mean, I'm, ref- I'm having a moment here because my Twitter feed is filled with women and men who are all about feminism and closing the gender pay gap, et cetera. And then I'll post something on LinkedIn, which is open to everyone, and will be really surprised that I will get angry comments from, in this case, mostly men, but certainly some women. There is no gender pay gap. How dare you? This is an outrage. You're like, first of all, why are you so mad? Right? And second of all, don't you have anything better to do? And third of all, don't you know this helps all of us? But, you know, you get yourself insulated with your Twitter feed and you don't realize it and you sort of step out in a different way and say, Boy, there are different perspectives and vastly different. Um, and I, I didn't fully recognize the, the, geez, the spectrum of what's going on. And I think that's true for all of us right now. It's, it's really easy to, to, to ask the next question, which, which is, is, okay, make the case for Elevest. You, well, you're, you're the CEO of this company. We're here. We've come to your offices. Yes. And you have opened an investment firm, yeah. an investment platform specifically for women. Which I Why? thought for years was the stupidest idea ever. I really – people said to me, Sally, you should do this. And I said, how dare you? And then my own gender bias kicked in. I'm not going to do a remedial financial education, you know, look at us ladies together, not buying shoes, but investing in the market, you know, marketing to women. Let's have some Chardonnay. Let's, you know, all this stuff that really used to be done. It was only when I began to recognize this gender investing gap existed and how very expensive it is for women and therefore for our society that I said, we need to do something different. If we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to have the same outcome. And so we, we put, I put together a team very different from any other on Wall Street. Yes, we have some Wall Street folks here, absolutely. But a designer from Vogue.com, a, um, a product manager from Weight Watchers. I wanted to get a very diverse set of insights and perspectives on investing and on women. And, and, and spend, how women make decisions? Or and how- spend hundreds of hours on how they want to invest. Right. Throughout all the assumptions, right, do you really have to go in and talk about standard deviation? Do you really have to pick a mutual fund versus an ETF? What we found with women, whereas men want to outperform the market, women want to reach their goals. Men enjoy the intermediate steps. This is my money manager. This is how it performed last year. Women, am I on track for reaching my goals? And so what we built gathers information from the women their financial information, and also what they want to do in life. Buy a business, build a business, um, buy a home, have a child, retire well, you name it. We tell her what she can afford. She can make trade-offs. Oh, I'll retire three years later so I can start my business sooner. And then we put together highly customized investment portfolios whose goal is to get her to her goals or better in 70% of markets. We tell her if she's off track. It's that straightforward. So you're listening to all these women, and you're getting all this data. 
What surprised you? Well, first of all, we we didn't just listen. We did hundreds of hours of research, and we're co-creating this with women. I thought they're going to want a community. The women are like, I don't want a community. I want to know what other women are doing, but I don't want to get together and do a gab fest. That's a stereotype. I thought we're going to have to take them on an emotional journey. Note my gender bias, right? We're going to have to understand their money blockages. A sort of O magazine You know approach. it. I thought of it as the Cosmo test on what, you what know. What kind of investor are you? What kind of investor are you? What are your blockages? The women practically flipped me off. They said, I have lots of money issues, but I don't care. What I really want is to achieve my goals. So we built this with them, but there were certain things that, smart things, I think, that we didn't ask them about. In our algorithm, we take into account that they live longer. Wall Street doesn't. In our algorithm, we take into account, very sadly, that their salaries peak sooner. So you simplified it. Completely streamlined it because we're putting it in front of these women I don't want to quite say every day, but every week. And they're telling us what's important to them. It's funny because I've read for so many years, people use your product if you're a big company, often for reasons you don't even know. When you're engaging with women on a day-to-day basis, they'll tell you flat out. And so you can get rid of the extraneous stuff that you thought was a good idea and really connect directly with the client. Sally Krawcheck, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great. That's it. Yeah, we're good. So, Richard, we did our interview with Sally in the uh, conference room of the Elevest offices in New York. And to me, it's so interesting because it looks just like a lot of startups that I've visited over the years, you know, it does not look like a Wall Street exactly. Firm. And and I think her perspective is one that's really refreshing in terms of tackling some of these issues of of inequality, not necessarily through top down political solutions, but by empowering people to make good choices in their lives. Yeah, that's a key part of what she's talking about. So let's let's go through some of the ideas that that she came up with first on career and what. Women well, should do. Yeah, yeah. And it's and what I thought was really interesting, her point that sometimes very capable women in the workplace, they, they act kind of like students. They want to get the A. They hand in their work on time. They do a good job. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? But, uh, but business then, is not school. Right. And that's true in a lot of different ways. But I think that making sure that, that your work gets noticed in an appropriate way and then to ask your, your supervisors, how is success quantified and making sure that those quantifications are transparent? And important what she said about how companies are led from the top. And unless the CEO, the person in charge, sends a very clear message about the importance of diversity, it just won't happen. And here's an area where at the organizational level, you know, diversity isn't something that is just pursued because it's the right thing to do ethically. But in fact – there's a wonderful business case to be made for having more diverse perspectives. And we can see in all kinds of organizations the penalty of having a monoculture of people and ideas. One other area that we talked about is investing, the importance of diversification, which is a fancy word for meaning have a bunch of different funds with different objectives. Invest in big company stocks, small company stocks, some overseas stocks, and also watch out for your management fees. This is the amount of money you're charged each year by the managers of either an ETF, an exchange-traded fund, or a mutual fund. Try and keep that management fee below 1%. Right. For women, I thought her observations were so interesting that 
women often make better long-term investment choices than men because they're not trying to beat the market as much. They're not trying to play it as a game, but that they tend to start a little too late, to maybe be a little uh, overcautious or not necessarily recognizing the need to to take that long-term approach. Yeah, but still that long-term approach, um, which a lot of men don't, I think men are much more likely to, to panic or to pick individual stocks or try and beat the market and see this whole thing as, as a competition. Her right. observation on that, certainly in my household, is true. I have a, a small IRA. I invested at the same time as my wife. Uh, she just put it in mutual funds. I tried to do stock picking. Her fund is way up. My fund is down. Well, as she says, even the professionals don't, you know, don't usually <laughs> win uh, because the market's smart and and you always have people who are spending more time than you are trying to figure out how these companies are really doing another solution is to listen back to a couple of other shows that we've done and one especially is rebecca jarvis i see this show as a companion piece to what she was saying about important investing this is the abc news chief economics and financial correspondent who was on our show recently talking about uh, uh, just how to make smarter decisions on money worth visiting it's How Do We Fix It. I'm Richard Davies. And I'm Jim Meggs. And thanks for joining us. The show is produced by Davies Content. We make digital audio for companies and nonprofits. And we just recorded the show at the headquarters of Elevest in Midtown Manhattan. Thanks for joining us. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.